Hello and welcome to episode 105 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. 105, also the amount of injuries that Hart Midlothian will pick up in the month of October as the team continue to go without a victory. Join me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss the goings-on in Gorgie and elsewhere is Daniel McIver. How are we, mate? I'm doing very well. Um, I saw other people last week chastise you for your terrible opinions on the books. So I was very happy to see that. Uh, I've read both the books and got more books. So I'm having a great week. How are you? I was wondering what earth you were referring to there. And then I remembered, yeah, I was turning to Billy Connolly for absolutely no apparent yeah. reason. Uh, and I'm not a big James A. Caster lover either. Um, but but that's, that's life. Uh, in terms of, you know, me, uh, this time in comparison to last week, um, I was very depressed on Friday night when I landed back in Edinburgh after one of, if not the very best away trip I've had supporting Hearts. What a time to be alive. Even though we got spanked 5-1, I mean, it just was just brilliant. Really, really good. I'm really happy for you. Thanks. What I'm not happy with is the club letting us down in said match and, you know, the fans not being really repaid for the hours that they've worked, the money that they've spent. What but were we expecting, man? It was a good <laughs> laugh. It was a good laugh. Um, before we get into chatting about our... our European thing. conquest. <laughs> yep, that. Um, we're going to go around the grounds, actually. I was going to focus on some other um, results in the Europa Conference. Nobody really cares about elsewhere. It's all predominantly about... I was not prepped on this. Well, I just I just wanted to get your your opinions on just another couple games, really. Um, Istanbul, Bishakshi here beat RFS three 0 to move on to ten points from a possible twelve within our group. Uh, group B saw West Ham continue to pick up points there on maximum points, courtesy of a two one victory against Anderlecht in London. Uh, your favourites actually also moved on to twelve out of twelve. McIver, uh, Villarreal in Group C, thanks to a one 0 win in Vienna over Austria Vienne. Uh, and Shamrock Rovers have claimed just one point from their 12, rooted to the bottom of Group F with their latest defeat in Dublin to Norwegian side Molda to zip. It's all happening. I was chuffed, Phil Real. It was right at the very end. It was a tough yeah, game. Yeah, late goal, 87th minute, I think. Yeah, very late goal, but who cares? They do well and roll. I'll be all happy, and that's all I care about. Um, it's interesting. I think the West Ham thing is really interesting because it, it shows you that, like, West Ham aren't doing terribly domestically, but they're nowhere near the heights they were of the last few seasons. But they seem to just be able to turn it on in Europe. And they seem to be taking it somewhat seriously as well. I'd have expected like I think they'll view this as a winnable pro- yeah, I think so, uh, no. competition. So it'll be interesting to see. And like Skamaka seems to only turn up in Europe so far. <laughs> like he's amazing in Europe, but he's not really done anything in the league. Um what what else was I, I was gonna say something there. With regards to yeah, like I don't know, just I, elsewhere in Europe, I can't get my nut around the fact that today, as we record, Neil Lennon has left Ammonia Nicosia, and yet Has he? he? Minutes of, yeah, he's, he was minutes away from claiming a point at Old Trafford. Yeah, it's in, the, in the Europa <laughs> European football man, it's actually barking. I didn't even know he was away. Are they doing terribly domestically? Like. 
I, I would just, I would just you have to assume so if he's left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But there you go. Uh, we've spent far too long. You'll be at Clyde in, so. in two months or something. <laughs> I think no. Do you reckon he'd take the Aki's job? Do you continue to struggle in the championship? Maybe. I think he'll be like that's too low for me. I think, I genuinely think anything below the Premiership, he will go. No, I'm good enough for that. I wonder what Premiership managers would be under pressure. Ross County, maybe he might. Yeah, yeah, I think he would go to Ross County. I think that'd be funny. What a fall from grace. That would be funny. Um, anyway, enough about Neil Lennon. Um, we're going to chat about <laughs> hearts being scudded because <laughs> that's something worth discussing far more. Um, the Jambos headed over to one of Edinburgh's 14 twin cities, Florence, to take on Laviola at the Stadio Artemio Franchi. Uh, Robbie Nielsen made three changes to the Hearts team that claimed a draw at Rugby Park in the 2-2 comeback against Kilmarnock. Uh, an entirely new midfield trio saw the ineligible Robert Snodgrass, Arrestus Kiyomertzoglu, and surprisingly, Lauren Shankland drop onto the bench. In came George Grant, Cami Devlin, and Peter Haring to start in Italy. Uh, we went 4-3-3, Gordon and Goal, back four of Nathaniel Atkinson, Stephen Kingsley, Alex Cochran, and Andy Halliday. Uh, Devlin Hanning and Grant in the middle, like I say, with Alan Forrest and Barry Mackay supporting Stephen Humphreys. Uh, what did you make of that 11 when you first saw it? I was really happy that Humphreys was starting. That was my yeah, main so was worry. My main worry was that he was going to be dropped. Um, and I was chuffed about that. Obviously, chuffed for Devlin uh, to come back in. I was like, great. Um, it means that we actually might have some form of intensity in midfield this time. Um and I thought it totally makes it. I know that Robbie in the week had said that four players, Halkett, Gino, Smith, and Gary McKay-Steven hadn't travelled. So yes. it it basically told the story that Atkinson was going to be starting. But he fully deserved to start after his appearance against uh, Kilmarnock. So generally, and that will this will become a theme of this episode, I thought at that time that's probably the best team we can put out considering the circumstances. With one exception. And that exception being? George Grant's rubbish, isn't he? <laughs> Are you just going to address this now? I, 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 I've I, said for a little while, I'm yet to be convinced. I was convinced against Tranmere when there was no pressure on them and he could just walk about the place, putting well, in against crosses. going down to Tranmere. And, like, I remember he came on first game of the season our first home game of the season against Ross County when we won and he did actually change the game. I remember him coming on and it was like from that moment on we did well. See from like the derby until now has he done anything of merit? And I'm not saying that like he seems like a lovely guy and I hope I hope for um he'd be well because we have no, like we're running out of players here <laughs> so he's going to have to start more games. But We'll speak about I'll let you cover the very first chance where I just think immediately he should do better. Okay, let's let's, let's chat about that because you talked about how happy you were to see Stephen Humphrey start. I love this man. I, I was in that exact same bracket, mate. Honestly, just dig the checkbook out right here, right now. Yes. Um, and it could have proved a phenomenal start. I dread to think of the nick of some of our fans had this gone in. 30 seconds on the clock, sloppy passing from the hosts 
sees Barry McKay intercept, slips in Stephen Humphreys, hits a first-time effort with his left foot off the post, and George Grant cannot convert the rebound when he probably slides more towards the goalkeeper than the far corner, which he should. Is yeah. that what you were going to say? Yeah, basically. Humphreys does so well, and it was like, immediately, this is why we all wanted him to start. Just He's direct, he's fast, he's strong, he knows where to put himself, he's got striker's instincts, he's so good, he's a weird rugby player playing football, <laughs> and I love him for it. And he does so well, and he's so unlucky. I know George Grant doesn't have a lot of time to think about what he has to do. And he's probably thinking, I just need to get a shot off here. But as you say, he still he still is really close to the keeper and the goal and decides to put it straight at the keeper. And I'll be honest, I, so I only watched the first half of this live. I then had other plans. That I, had to, I was away for the second half. So I then watched it back in full. But I watched this first half. And in that moment, I think I gave him a bit more leeway than I do now upon seeing it back. I was too caught oh, up in Humphreys. 100%. Yeah, I was just kind of like, oh, well, it's coming on quick, he doesn't know. But how good was that from Humphreys? And then you watch it back in the cold light of day and be like, he should That's be doing better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll speak about that. Missing sitters is oh, going to be the oh, trick end of this oh, episode. I know. What, oh, it's just the, the theme of October already, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that Humphreys chance, man. That was literally right up the other end. Yeah. Us. Yeah. So when I see that he's getting ready to pull the trigger, I'm like, do you know what? Fuck it. Why, why, it why not? You've got every, every right to. Then he sends one toward the corner initially. I first thought, and I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Everybody's getting ready. We're just getting prepared. And then we all just see it can off the post. I was genuinely devastated. I was like, no chance has has been robbed. It's been taken from us. I honestly felt as though somebody had grabbed like my child, and I'm just watching them <laughs> chuck them in the car, knowing what could have been. And then I just see it. And it's just horrible. Just taken away from you. I really worry for your future children that you view their safety as paramount as a Stephen Humphreys missed chance. Oh, because it just would have been crazy. <laughs> would have been absolute carnage, but unfortunately. And then that was all the good team. things gone. <laughs> like that was it. That was all the positivity gone. Well, out, out that first half, certainly, because Christian Kuami looked to head home from a free kick for the hosts after just two minutes. <laughs> but a solid save from Craig Gordon prevented him from doing so. However, it took just five minutes Which for the deadlock to be broken. is an improvement. Smith and Nielsen both said, we don't want to concede after four minutes, and we didn't. We conceded <laughs> after five. So the game plan worked. Baby, baby steps, baby. Yes, this, is, this, is, this is what it's all about. Baby steps. Yeah. Um, Cristiano Braghi's corner is played short to Sofian Amrabat. The captain receives back from the midfielder after sprinting into an onside position. Luka Jovic heads home from his delivery, just outjumps Alex Cochran like he's not even there. In fairness to Cochran, I wouldn't fancy going up against Luka Jovic, and he's even smaller than I am. So he clinched their third at Tynecastle, puts Fiorentina ahead after five minutes. We've made baby steps for Kyver, but it's far from the ideal start. Was it not a free kick? No, I'm pretty sure it was a corner. I thought somebody got pushed 
and it was a stupid free kick to give away. But I might be wrong. It was well, definitely was a ball se- in. Was that not the second? Oh, no, that that was never a free kick. That was like a foul that shouldn't have been, whereas the first one, it was like, oh, we'll what are you doing? We'll, we'll come to that. Regardless, it was a ball into the box that, again, we just can't deal with. We're incapable of doing it just now. And it's so frustrating. And it's not even just like, oh, it's a ball into the box. It's a ball into the box with a £55 million striker in the middle of that box going up against a guy who he is much taller than. Jovic is way taller than Cochrane. But because needs must at this moment, Cochrane had to play centre-half a position he's never played before this month, basically. And he's just not built for it. So, yeah, as soon as that went in, it was just, oh, that's it then. Right, cool. When we when we touched down in Milan on the Wednesday night, um, we were chilling in the airport on the Wednesday and saw that Rangers had gone 1-0 up against Liverpool. Um, so we were in the air as that match was taking place. Jesus. I couldn't help but wonder, as soon as I got my phone out and saw Liverpool score seven Ibrox, you could see this early as that. There's, there's a worry. There's a worry that, that a repeat of that, or even worse than that, was on the cards. Um, and those feelings were certainly felt again at half time. but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. Um you mentioned the fact that, obviously, it's a header for Jovic. There was another Baragi corner, which nearly proved yet another Achilles heel for Hearts. Uh, it sets up nicely for Rolando Mandragora. Uh, however, he smashes off the post. He was the fellow that opened the scoring after four minutes. So the fact that we kept him quiet for, what was that, 12? Um, yeah. See? Baby steps. Perform- performing three times as admirably. Yes, exactly. Um, but... We alluded to the free kick and the skipper was causing chaos from that left back spot. He would double Vincenzo Italiano's team's lead uh, from a free kick after a Barry Mackay foul on Nicholas Gonzalez. This Gonzalez fella um, was proving, trying to think of the appropriate term here, a a nuisance. I Mm. want to call him a little rat because he was a rat. (laughs) But I will go with nuisance. Um, and the left back sends an inch perfect free kick up and over the wall, past Craig Gordon in a flash. But you're adamant that it wasn't a free kick, McIver. It's not a free kick. When you watch it, Rob McLean laughs and is like, well, that's just not a foul. Like, and if Rob McLean gets something right, it's a rare occasion, right? But He's right in that occasion. Hey, I'm not going to slag Rob McLean off. He's meant to be one of these sort of tutors that comes in in my final year. So Well, I'm, I'm, really I'm not. I'll <laughs> He's absolutely horrific at his job and shouldn't be in the place that he is. Um, wow. He's terrible. <laughs> like, you might want to get off that fence. I mean, you ought to tell us how you yeah, really exactly. feel about McIver. Exactly. Jesus. But it's not a foul. The guy just jumps into Mackay and Mackay can't go anywhere, and then it's given as a foul. It's not fair that they have Baragi. He shouldn't be allowed. Like, Baragi, Amrabat, Jovic, Bonaventura, they shouldn't be allowed to play against teams like us because it's just the game's done. Yeah, Yeah. like, it's just, by that point, you've already won. Just before (laughs) we've went out, you've won. You've got them. We've got Andy Halliday. (laughs) Like... There's different levels to this game in Europe. 
do, do you know what? In saying that, though, how like it still winds me up talking about like European footballers were going around the grounds. How the hell did RFS get a point in Florence? Because they shouldn't have. Because if you watch it back and look at the stats, it's like one of the most historic results they've ever had. And oh, it's the best result in their history. And Fiorentina yeah. peppered them. But how how are they more competitive than we are? Well, they're not. They're more competitive in a one-off game, but then we beat them. So, like, it's this is how it works. It's but they got a draw like, with Istanbul. Yeah, and then got battered by Istanbul. It's like, yeah, but over in Turkey, we'll get battered in Turkey. Yeah, but freak results can happen. And also, their keeper... So why, oh, their why, keeper why could one not fall for us? Because something? they have to be freak results. Their <laughs> is, is Saturday going to be a freak result? No. Their... <laughs> Their keeper against Istanbul won player of the week in the conference tournament. <laughs> he made, yeah, actually, he, made he made 13 saves. Like, that's ridiculous. Imagine making a save every seven minutes. Like, Jesus. think of that. That's insane. That's why these big results happen. And the reason that people talk about them, because they shouldn't happen. If you play that game a hundred times, Istanbul and Fiorentina win 99 of them. That's not how we compare it, where we also uh, don't have a... Because that's RFS at their full strength. We don't have anything <laughs> near to our full strength. Uh, yeah, because our second fiddle have done a great job. We're now at third string players, and folk are like, why aren't we competing with Fiorentina? Like, that's why. Because you haven't even mentioned four minutes in, Atkinson's hamstrings just popped. Or like, whatever, or his ankle or mate, something. You're lucky I'm even looking back on this game. I was blutered, <laughs> genuinely. I was smashed. I was having the time of my life. I don't oh, look at right, I'm going to raise this now. At, at the time, but, but I certainly didn't remember that. I'm calling you out now. Number. Why? I'm calling you out now because I promised yeah. I would do so on behalf of Keir McIver. Why? What have I done to Keir? Keir McIver, my brother, was in Florence... And he's walking, and after the game, he's walking out, and Mr. Too Big for his fans, Adam Kennedy, walks past, and Keir goes, Adam, Adam, Adam. And Adam Kennedy, with his bucket hat on, barely able to walk straight, just walks right past him and ignores him. So Barely able to walk, never mind walk straight. Oh, Keir asked Keir, I'm me so sorry, mate. to do I'm this so on sorry. the podcast and call you out publicly, so I'm doing it for you, Good. Keir. It's an embarrassment. Good, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm sorry, mate. I you should really be. am. You should have came and just battered me over the chops. I know that you were offering up. your hats to people in a square prior to this, like six hours before mutual friend of ours was getting a hat offered to you. So even by that point, you wouldn't have kept who Keir was. Never mind after the game. I'm sorry, Keir. I do apologise, mate. Just come up and batter me next time. Yeah, that's his plan. <laughs> well, no doubt. On behalf of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, 2-0 down. Do you know what? It's not, not the end of the world. A worldly free kick. Um, and a, Well, the free header's annoying. But, but a £55 million pound striker scoring against you, you can never complain that much. Well, two and two. I think it's about the only two goals that he scored this season. Yeah, I think um, so. because he's he can't hit a barn over the banjo in Serie A. But and I think after he scored in on Thursday night, it came up with a little two goals in four games. So he just loves playing 
against Hearts. Um, Luca, if you are interested in a move to Gorgie, uh, do hit us up. Um, that would be that would be great. To, uh, to that's the Liam the Boyce replacement yeah. in January. Um, but speaking of a Liam Boyce replacement, Stephen, great segue, mate. Well done. Uh, Stephen Humphries would flash one wide after receiving from Barry Mackay as the Jambos went in search of a quick fire response. Cammy Devlin won it back on the edge of his own area. Great to have him back before slipping to George Grant, who, in fairness, finds Barry Mackay. But the big striker pulled his effort wide of Pierluigi Gallini's left-hand post. Um, however, like I say, my mate Nicholas Gonzalez, the little Argentinian rat, uh, just after the half-hour mark... I, would... feel like I just want to say, I don't think he's that. I think he's a lovely footballer who I was very yeah. impressed watching. Oh, great footballer, but uh, you, for the play acting and all that carry on, you're a rat. I think um, he's nice. He, he was filled for the second, as we say, uh, and we're getting on the action. Uh, Antonin Barak found Christian Kwame on the edge of the area. Look at me just... Kwame really annoys me because he's he's good. He's just he really good. good. He is good. Luka Jovic misses the Ivorian's pass, but it comes to the Argentinian at the back post, slots home. Uh, and look, I, I had my fear surrounding sevens, eights. But I think it was at this point that I was actually beginning to be frustrated with how scrappy the goals that we were conceding were. If they had popped it round us, you hold your hands up. But this is this is just a shitty, shitty goal to lose. It's just, I mean, the fourth is very similar. It's just a defence that is almost entirely out of position, isn't cohesive, is low on confidence, coming up against, yes, admittedly, a a Serie A side that is struggling, but still a Serie A side that is worth They're more than... streets ahead of us. Yeah, like 20 times more than our squad. Well, I saw our squad is what... If you look at transfer marked and all that kind of stuff, our squad's worth 13 million, their squad's worth 289 million. So, hold on a second. Does that mean that they are 20 times better than us? <laughs> I would say over the past two legs, we've shown that they're at least 20 times better than us. We scored, though. We've got that. We did. We'll come to that. You'll that never was, sing that. We scored that one. That was crazy. <laughs> We're going to win 5-4. Yeah, We're going to exactly. win 5-4. Um, look, Gordon saved superbly from Gonzalez as he went in search of his second before substitute Toby Civic hoisted clear. However, it would become four after losing the ball cheaply in the middle of the park. You know, there's countless Fiorentina players that get on the ball. Barak, Jovic, Amrabat. Gonzalez, Barak, and Jovic again, Kuame, all running rings around us, one touch stuff. It's pulled back to Barak, who slams home the fourth, four different goal scorers. And we're heading into halftime. <laughs> four nil down, even worse than it was at Tynecastle. I was thinking it was going to be 10. I, I, I really was worried that it was going to be eight. 10 was the number in my head. I was like, this are we actually going to get beat by double figures here? Like, is this are we act, gonna is suffer this a cow beef? Yeah, is this gonna happen? Um, which is why I think I'm really positive about the second half. Because I was expecting well, second half is great. Yeah, I was expecting like that plus more, and actually we got nowhere near it, but we got we drew the half. So like and should have won the half. Yeah. So like 
Listen, but it is done, of course. You yeah, know, like we're contextualizing this. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to play when you're four 0 down. Oh, we, we look like world beaters. Yeah, you can do it you want, then. The Gorgie Galacticos are back. Can't we definitely did roulette <laughs> round the ref? No passes like, exactly. But the first half basically couldn't have went any worse. We have another player go off heart, concede four, have a glorious chance that we don't take. It's like the definition of everything you don't want. Surpri- we didn't get a red card, which is an improvement. Surprisingly. That's, baby that's steps. Good. Baby <laughs> steps, baby. But I was worried that it was going to get a lot worse. And then it didn't. So we will anything, take it. It got better. It did. Remarkably, it got better at 4 oh, down. Um, there was a moment. A, a moment... For the travelling jambos to savour. I'm glad you've got this. Uh, it would have been rubbish if we went and you well, didn't have anything to celebrate. Well, I know I know countless people that were queuing up for a halftime beer and they were left somewhat disappointed in the queue <laughs> when they came back and their beer went literally everywhere. Um, hearts came flying out the blocks in the second half, just as they also looked to do in the first, I will say that. Uh, Barry Mackay and Andy Halliday combined. You were giving them shit, but the left back slipped. I will say big, that, big yeah, that made me sound Great like I, I'm like furious at Andy Halliday. I don't mean that. I just mean it's funny. It's that, the first like, player that came to mind. It's he's a funny player to reference in this because it's like we signed him on a free in his thirties and we're coming up against Luka Jovic. Like that's a funny thing. I don't mean that disparagingly. I think he would find that funny as well. That like how am I here? How is this when my career's gone? Yeah, I bet he wasn't thinking that when he was playing at Somerset in the Championship for us. And like, exactly. At Palmerston. Just look about me like, I'm in the... Oh, by the way, before we go into what you all did, Jesus. I think that's a really rubbish stadium. What? No, great. I just Not looked great. at it. I'd never really seen it, right? Because obviously, when you think of the Serie A, you don't automatically think of Fiorentina. San Siro is your first. Yeah, exactly. The San, Siro, the San Siro is the best football stadium I've ever been to. But, like, I'll be honest, Fiorentina, I know you might have bought us 9 1 in aggregate, but I've got, I'm, going to, I'm going to take the high ground and say we've got a better stadium. So, have that. Can't, can't disagree. Shove that up your pipe and smoke it. Exactly. Um, you might have your points and wins, yeah, but yeah. we've got the better yeah. stands. So, you might but, have. Stunning scenery and lovely squares for fans to gather, but we've got you know, Edinburgh in fairness. Like Edinburgh, yeah, maybe not Gordon, but, but, but yeah, Tiny's out of the way. <laughs> yeah. take, take them to I don't know, Stratis and have them, yeah. have, them, have them work that out. Um, but anyway, as we were saying, the, the moment has arrived. Yes. Barry Mackay and Andy Halliday linking up down the left hand side, the left back slips in Big Humphreys, who just lets the ball. Roll in front of him, opens up the body, coolly converts with a fantastic finish, a cracking goal, and I couldn't see it through the hundreds of bodies in that little goldfish bowl with the weird sort of glass and everything. As Robert Borthwick called it, the dance floor. The dance floor. (laughs) I was left on the dance floor with many a limb in front of me, but as soon as I see said limbs flying, you better believe that mine started soaring. I just what an incredible feeling. And 
I can't remember celebrating a goal in a losing position like that in my entire life. It was brilliant. As someone who, who wasn't even watching it as it happened, but as someone who was just experiencing it from home, I was just like, oh, I'm delighted for Humphreys. Like, that was yeah. my immediate thought. I was like, fair play to him, two and two, that's great. But then I will say, my then immediate thought was, I'm really happy that yous have something to celebrate. Because it would have been a good trip regardless. Like, yeah. regardless of whatever happened in the game. But not only do you have this great trip, but there's that one moment. I, I really like the commentary on the BT Sport YouTube highlights because it's not... I don't know who it is that's doing it. It's an English commentator. And he just seems really happy for us. He's like, it doesn't matter that it won't affect the score. Like, it sent the, the Scottish faithful into raptures, and you can tell That's that they're nice. loving it. And, like, fair play to him, whoever that was. But I was chuffed for you, so I was, I was glad. I, I, I tell you what, mate. I mean, being down here for uni last year, one of the boys that I was sharing a flat with is an Italian sports journalist, newly mm -hmm. qualified. And he was over both at Tyne Castle and uh, at the Artemio Frankie for the games. And he was messaging me saying that the Italian media were looking at the Hearts fans as though they'd won the World Cup yeah. with the goal celebration and then the subsequent stuff after the game. It was it was brilliant. What, what an atmosphere. And just like you say, <laughs> we're sort of talking about Andy Halliday and Aloha, Queen of the South. Like the shite. I wonder if Stephen Humphreys, when he was gearing up for a championship campaign yeah. with Wigan, thought, "Am I, am I going to be the man to score for Hearts and Florence?" Yeah, football's mental at that, isn't it? I will say that. Like, there's that wee thread on Twitter that everybody will have seen of a Hearts persuasion from that Fiorentina fan who was speaking about how happy oh, they were. Which one? There's countless. There's loads of them, and that was great to see as well. Because let's be honest. Traveling away football fans can often get a really bad reputation, and it was really cool again, sat back home, seeing the way that we were being presented, and that just everybody seemed to be getting on. Everybody, I mean, I imagine some hearts fans thought I got annoyed at each other, but that what's new there, like that's just the way the football most, fans the most work. divisive fan base <laughs> yeah, in world football exactly. having a pop at one another, it wouldn't be a first, but. The way that Fiorentina fans and the city of Florence have reacted to us is great. Like, you just do feel a bit proud, being like, oh, we yeah. went over and we're sound. Yeah, it's, it's a great reflection on the club. And I think the club, the club, their relationship, or not their relationship, but sort of the way that they were broadcast after the Istanbul game at home wasn't great. Mm -hmm. the, the, the reputation, I'm not going to say that it was in tatters, but it needed... No, it wasn't. A, a, it was just it, a downside. Yeah, it needed a second lease of life. It needed hearts to be portrayed in a positive light. And ultimately, even if you were a Florence local that's a football fan or not, I think everybody appreciated the fact that there was hundreds of hearts fans having a fantastic time, drinking plenty of beer, eating out of their restaurants, not trashing the place, looking after one another, cleaning up when necessary and ultimately behaving to the very best of their ability. So the fans, the Hearts fans are a credit to the club anyway, but it's only in trips like this do you really see it come to the fore. So, again, could not be prouder. What even happened in the rest of this? Oh, we, 
we give away a pen. Well, this is it because there wasn't there wasn't a great deal else. I mean, no. we were talking about the fact that we were looking at Hearts being world beaters at four 0 down. Um, but the only other real note that I've taken was that Ants Cochrane conceded a penalty with a challenge on substitute Ricardo Sapanara. Gonzalez takes, converts, cool five one. Nobody really cares. Yeah. Ah well, Stephen Humphrey scored in Europe, and that's class. That was class. But I want to talk about something else that was class. Because you talked about the fans all getting on with one another. I know that Hearts fans will debate over absolutely anything and everything with one another. The grass is too long. No, it's not. It's perfect. How dare you? But that was one of the most drunken away ends I've ever been in. But by far and away, the very best in terms of atmosphere. That was that was that was that was brilliant. Tyne Castle's atmosphere has rightly taken slaggings left, right, and centre recently. Uh, but that trip fully convinced me that if we get hundreds, dare I say, a thousand, two thousand like-minded people, as was the case in Italy, then a potential singing section will undoubtedly be a success. There, there's not a single doubt in my mind, and I would love nothing more than Tyne Castle to become a fortress again and to have that backing of a loud, proud, and admittedly sometimes angry Hearts fan base. That would be that would be brilliant. I dare see it personally. Oh, come on, mate. I'm trying to be positive. We just got smashed five one. I don't mean that from a negative point of view. I don't mean that in the sense of like I you hope feel like it does it. be some controversy around the corner. No, I just mean I don't think I think the the scenario is too unique. I think going away on a multi-day trip in Europe to Fiorentina is not the same as being at home at St Johnston. Like, yeah, for all the will in the world. Right come down. Like, well, in saying that, St Johnston have their own little singing section and whatever. Like, yeah, I'm, but it's I'm, relative. I'm never, yeah, but I'm never going to be one to mock a singing section. That, no, that's... Yeah. I've got, I've got the utmost respect for those that back their team week That's in, not what I'm out. saying. I, d- I don't mean, I don't think it's going to happen because none of our fans care enough. That's not what I mean. I just mean, I think objective, like I could not physically I run a Hearts podcast. I couldn't get up for it the same levels as I did. For example, next Thursday, we're playing Riga at home, right? I'm, I'm still looking forward to that. That's what I'm going to say. I'm more excited for that than any league game. So like... Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Even like Darby's that we're not used to, or yeah. yeah so yeah, I think it would be very order, hard right? to emulate that. I don't think it's impossible, and I would love it if we tried. It would I, be I, great. I, I, I really, I've got a good feeling. I do. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, 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 I know. I know that there is that come down from ultimately Italy to Pitodri, but. And I, I, had a, is... I, had, I had an absolute blast. Picked up my Fiorentina scarf. I'm gonna kind of chuck that on. What a time. I've I've got a soft spot for Laviola now. I really do. Beautiful place. Great cuisine. Just a bit of a shit stadium, but a good side. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know what? La- Laviola, they're 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 my boys. Fair play. When, when it comes to the old calcio, see? I've got the lingo on point and everything. Right, let's move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, let come on. Serious matters, the domestic stuff, the singe, the return of the singe. And there was certainly come downs aplenty. But one place 
We're going to go around the ground <laughs> where there was not a come down. And my mood was lifted instantly was in Glasgow's East End as Celtic smashed Hibernian by six goals to one. Before we get chatting about the other games, how funny is that? Brilliant. I was on a train, right? Oh. I was on a train <laughs> uh, coming back from uh, seeing my mum and dad. I'd go back home. I just like, I left theirs at half time when I think it was 4 1. And I was like, well, that's funny. But then as I was on the train, it was just like, it's 5 1. And in my head, I was like, oh, that's what we got beaten. They were like taking a piss out of us for that. And then as I was thinking of something funny to say, so I scored their sixth. And I was like, this is great. This is great. I'm a big fan. Oh, delicious. We're going to get beat worse than that on Saturday. Oh. Right? <laughs> 100% is a repeat of the seven that they gave us at Tide yeah. Castle all those years ago. Oh, it was so still that, fun. That was, oh, that was the definition of Hibsdit. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I was literally pissing myself as soon as I saw the sixth going. Fantastic. What a time to be. That'll be us at half time as the sixth going on Saturday crying. <laughs> and it's a Craig Gordon howler, no doubt. Yes, because you're there. Yeah. You just attract Craig Gordon mistakes whenever As I'm giving it Joe Hart stinking on Twitter. Yeah. There you go. Um but elsewhere in the cinch, I mean, the three other Saturday fixtures were, quite frankly, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Livingston snuck past St Johnston 1-0 in West Lothian. Uh, Ross County and Dundee United played out a one all draw in Dingwall. And there was a goalless draw in Paisley as St Mirren hosted Kilmarnock. Could you actually name me three less appealing Scottish fixtures if you tried? No, nah, and honestly, I have nothing to say about any of them. Nice. I'm just like... Did you watch sports scene? No. I watched the the very the start Sunday. of sports scene to oh, see right. the Celtic Hibs highlights, and then I was like, I don't care about the rest of these. And then elsewhere on the Sunday, uh, Motherwell, who haven't beaten Rangers in the league for 20 years... It feels like, in, like our lifetime, the, they never... Like, we, the joke is... Possibly the best compete. chance to, best to ever beat Rangers in the league. What are these uh, dang lads? Hamelball! What happened? It was so it, good for that two-game period. I'll tell you what, mate. Honestly, Hamelball would drive me insane. Motherwell I either look like a top team or that they're not going to score for a matter of weeks. Yeah. And I, I can't I can't work them out. No. There's a couple of Motherwell fans in my class, and one of them's just left so amused <laughs> by the entire situation. Like, what do you make of it? It's really funny when you listen to the Terrace and Graham Fulis is on, their Motherwell fan, because that is how he comes across, just in the sense of, like, what's going on? I don't know what to do or what to say. Fair point of them. But those were the other five fixtures in the cinch before we rounded off the weekend Heading up to Pitodre, where we haven't won in our last eight attempts. Was the last one when Derrida scored? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah. In a, in a meaningless fixture. Um, I remember that game. Yeah, I remember that. I was doing feels dishes like, in my student flat listening to Laurie commentate Derrida scoring. Feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that was on ESPN, which doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Over here. It's on Satanta. <laughs> Oh dear, good laugh. Anywho, 
Robbie Nielsen made four changes after the defeat in Tuscany. Toby Civic, Keogh, Robert Snodgrass and Lauren Shankland were handed starts at Nathaniel Atkinson, Cammy Devlin, George Grant and Peter Haring's expense. That meant that we started in a 3-5-2 stroke 3-4-1-2. Um, Gordon Goal, a back three of Kingsley, Civic and Cochrane. Uh, a midfield quartet of Andy Halliday, Keogh, Snodgrass uh, and Alan Forrest with Barry Mackay supporting Lauren Shankland and Stephen Humphreys. Now, before you get on to me, I checked various outlets to work out if that's the way that the team was put out. It looks like it was. I thought you were going to say something, so that's fine. So I'll just get no. your thoughts on the team, Mackayver. I had two main thoughts. What three. One, we've, made, we've found an 11. That's impressive with the current injury crisis. I'm very impressed. Two, it was attacking. It was more attacking than I thought. Shanklin and Humphreys being together. But that then led me on to my third point, which made me go, wait, that looks like it, with the personnel, that makes it look like it's going to be Shanklin and Humphreys. And I've had a moment of realisation going, we're in a, such a bad injury crisis that Alan Forrest is playing right wing back. Well, he, he played there a couple of times in pre-season, no? Yeah, and was always moved forwards because he wasn't good defensively because he's a wee guy. No, he's a no, wee I winger. That. I hear that, but that, but that, that's the time to try it out. Oh yeah, and then, I don't, and then I don't disagree now with the treatment it. table. Is you know that populated that needs must. So I, I know it wasn't a tactical choice by Robbie. It was very much no. Alan. <laughs> you're the only right-sided player we've got currently because Smith, Gino, and Atkinson are all out. It's a tiny shine, and he didn't shine at all. No, it was it was as bright as a blackout, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. As 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 they all were. Um, let's just get talking about the game. I don't want to talk about this game for long. I know it's I not do. Fun. I have, much I have a lot of thoughts on this game. Okay. Um, well, after a pitiful, predictable, and pish opening twenty-five minutes, uh, the first noteworthy chance came the host way. You're mental. When- what are you what, talking why? about? That's no, this is a thing. You've avoided the big thing. What which was? Andy Haldy snapping his Achilles. I, I, I I'm I'm sorry. Look, do you know what? These these games are proving a chore. And I'm just I'm really watching to, you know, for chances, goals back. Right. This sorry, is the thing. sorry, Natyaka. Sorry, Andy Haldy. Uh, right. The whole man's up. The, the holiday. This is why you should host every week. I can't be asked <laughs> doing all this prep. Like it's it's been put to absolutely no use anyway. Holiday. We don't know if Holiday snapped his Achilles, but by the sound he made, by the way it looks, it looks bad. It doesn't look good. Inexplicably, walked round the pitch, even though there was a stretcher there. Peter Haring also went down with a concussion later on. (laughs) So I'm just going to drop that in there before I inevitably forget. I won't because I have very strong feelings on that. So Andy Howardy comes off and Toby Sibick came on. Now, we didn't really touch on Sibick against Fiorentina, but he did way better than anybody thought he was good. Actually, can we talk about the substitutes against Fiorentina? Because I thought Connor Smith... Connor Smith did very well. Yeah, fair point. The, Ita- the Italian press, I mean, La Gazzetta dello Sport, I picked up a copy, didn't tell, obviously, because it's iconic. I'm, I'm a one yeah. sports journal, and the fact that hearts are in it, it's a rarity. So I was just like, I've got, I've got to grab myself a copy. Um, but 
Cochrane was labelled a disaster. George Grant, I think one of the quotes was that he'd had his pants pulled down by Sophia and Amrabat. Um, and there was another one. There was Anna another Smith bad doing one. Oh, right. Cammy Devlin was deemed too light. So, so there, there you go. But there was praise for Halliday, uh, Humphreys, uh, and Connor Smith off the bench, which was which was nice to see. I think that's fair. But what it did was Civic did way better than anybody thought in Florence. And then him coming on for the foreseeable, he needs to start every game for me because not necessarily for his ability, right? Because <laughs> we've got nobody else at right back. Is that what you're going to say? No, he needs to play. We now need to play until Halkett rolls it back a three. And he needs to play in the middle of that three. Because Christ, who are you having at right wing back then? Forrest. Well, yeah, we're gonna have to fucking play Forrest there, and it's a disaster. Or Gino when he's back. Like oh, I'd rather Alan Forrest than So would I. So would I. But I know that means that's a bit of a problem. But what happened? A bit of a problem, Jesus. But this is what I mean. It's not as big a problem as many people think. Because as soon as Sibic came on, regardless of his own performance, which I thought was fine, Sibic generally on uh, Sunday was all right with like four moments of absolute madness that is just clear from a player who's not confident. But what his presence did is suddenly, for the first time in what feels like years, is we had all our defenders playing in the natural position. Cochrane was able to go left wing back Kingsley was able to be left centre-half and Nielsen was able to be right centre-half. And that opening 45 minutes, we were in complete control of that game. It was a bit end-to-end at times, but we I think we finished that half with 63% possession and it felt like we were the home side. And part of that, we will get to him in a minute for the big thing, but was that Cochrane was able to get forward and take the ball out of defence. That proved a blessing. Yeah, but I mean in terms of he was starting to do that thing that Cochrane was doing at the start of the season where he was just spraying passes. He's not been able to do that when he's been part of a two because you you can't do that in a two. It then allowed Kingsley to drift and occupy that space behind him where he's clearly more comfortable. I don't think it's a coincidence that was his better game out of the last five. I thought that was Kingsley's best game recently because... I mean, it's not hard, like because he's been off it massively recently. But I should I should have passed on your kind words when I met him out in Florida. Yeah, I'm surprised he's taking you this long. He mentioned that photo where Craig Gordon oh, looks no, bemused. I was, I, was, I, was waiting, I was waiting for the right moment. I actually felt like saying to Stephen Kingsley, "Thanks for retweeting me the other week," but I thought it better not because yeah. I I just end up looking like a weirdo. I've not got an obsession with him or anything, but I love you so much. Well, he was much better. And I genuinely think Civic was a big part of that because Civic, Civic himself has said he's more comfortable in a three. And we'll speak about his interview now because... Okay. By all means. If you hadn't seen it, Civic spoke in the press this week about how he's doing mentally. And to get the quote up. Yes, but that would be great. But it was a general... As Adam will um, read it, it was a general point about how he tries... It's hard to avoid criticism when you get directly tagged in it and that he hopes to prove us wrong. As he said, when he said, I don't really look, but sometimes you get tagged in things, obviously implying on social media. We're all human. Some of us make mistakes. Of course, it's their club, and they want their club to succeed. We play for the fans, and we just want the best for them as well. If, I mean, 
I just think it's an embarrassment if you tag players in criticism, particularly if it's personal abuse. No one's saying don't criticise people because obviously that's going to happen. Football fans, naturally, we can't influence the game. So Everyone's we... got an opinion, kids. Yeah, exactly. But George Grant was another, by the way. That Zurich second leg for doing what he Yes, did. exactly. The amount of abuse he gets. And you see it, for example, a few years ago, Sean Clare was very open about the fact that social media got to him. And yes, no one is saying don't criticise players' performances. There's never You've got need... the right to. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't tag them in it, though. I wouldn't make sure they no. see it. And I... it doesn't help. Sorry, I, I always think now, would I say it to the player if I met them in the street? Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Just think of it like that. But, but like, I, 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 I've seen the size of Toby Sepik. I certainly wouldn't be confronting him. massive, man. He's huge. I walked past him a few weeks ago, and he is a giant. He's he is. so scary. We're not messed with him. I, I want Toby Sepik to succeed. I and I think he will. I think he will. Wrong. I really do. And as I say, there was moments in that game where it was just like he just seemed to forget what he was doing. But you're going to have that when you're not playing regularly. And whenever you have, people have been so... You, you've not played as well as you know you can. And as a result, people have like been really, really um, critical of you for good or bad. And as I say, it's like, for example, with George Grant, so far, I just don't think he's been good enough. He seems like a lovely guy, and I really hope we can be sat here in a couple of months and go, oh, look how stupid we were speaking about how poor Grant was in his performances. Like, we want to be taken for mugs. That's yeah, why we've absolutely part of Midlothian Football Club, for crying out loud. I want every week for me to say something slightly negative or critical and the next week be proven like an absolute idiot who doesn't know what he's speaking about. We're we're wanting to carve into that humble pie, aren't we, mate? Yes, absolutely. And there were... Listen, Sunday was largely negative, and that's justified, right? Fully justified, especially the way the goals are conceded. But I do think there was some positives, and if it wasn't for huge misses, we would have went into that break pretty comfortable. I, I, I was going to say there that Toby Sibick came in a couple of times last season and performed really admirably. I thought he was a, our best player at Easter Road. When he we was that well. night, yeah. I thought he was excellent. I think Motherwell was at his second debut. I thought he was great. When he just absolutely blistered past Van Veen and it was just oh. like, oh my God, he's the fastest man alive. Bossed him. Absolutely yeah. bossed him. I, there's more to come from Toby Sibick. I'm, I'm convinced. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the guy my backing. Um, as I hope to with all Hearts players. However, yeah. they do make it really hard sometimes. <laughs> Alex Cochran makes it really hard sometimes. I make it, it's my fault. I'll take this one, lads. Oh, well, that's, I, 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 do you know what? That's, that's ballsy for you, Kyber. Fair play. I had them on first goal scorer. So, oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, I'd be spewing. I'll, I'll take it. Would have won 85 quid, but it's fine, lads. It's fine. I mean... For what it's worth, Boyan Miofsky dragged one wide a couple of minutes prior. Mm -hmm. That was a chance that I was going to allude to, but let's just talk about the miss. Stephen Humphrey's throw-in is controlled by Lawrence Shankland. They play a give-and-go. Nice little, oh, look at us. Ooh, we're breaking into the final third. Oh, look as though we're going to score. Stephen Humphrey's centres for Alex Cochran. Up from left wing back. 
he must be four or five yards <laughs> out because he's he's virtually in the box. He doesn't even shoot. It no, just hits off him. It, ju- it just trickles off him. Kelly Roos can't believe it. That is, that is one of the most fortunate clean sheets he's ever had in his career. And somehow, McIver is goalless. We should be 1-0 up. And I am sick to death of Hearts missing sitters away from home and them coming back to in bite October. us in the arse. This month has been hell on earth. What's going to happen on Saturday? Who's going to up it? Is somebody going to stand on the line and do that thing that you did when you were a kid, when you were cocky and you got down the ground and like headed it and just mix it? And then that was Ronaldinho that inspired that with those yeah. mega ads, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, has Andy Halliday got that in his locker? Yeah. And he's really fit. <laughs> See if he does it and that happens. I don't care. He's my oh, favourite player of all time. <laughs> that would be incredible shit, actually. It would be better if he missed it. That would be funnier <laughs> as a moment. Andy, if you're listening. Uh, one nil down. Do it. <laughs> Just, oh, because there's already going to be the controversy with VAR and everything. Oh, this could be one for the history books. Please. But talk me through the Cochrane miss, because you're oh, his biggest fan. I, and not I, even you could defend this. I genuinely do think I am his biggest fan. <laughs> like, I genuinely do yeah. think that in the fan base. It, like, it sums us up just now. Players lower confidence, don't know what we're doing. Just it's, like, out, it's out and it, yeah. it really is. He tries nothing to falls it. for us. No. I, I've noticed this in recent matches. There's nothing that's fallen for us where you think, oh, that was a wee bit fortunate, but we've made the most of it. It's we're not, not even, even a, get, we're not even getting this misfortune. It's not even a big moment. A it's not a big moment in this game, but in the second half, there was a corner that Aberdeen took that we cleared three separate times. And each time it would bounce off a body part of the Aberdeen player and then perfectly land at the feet of the next Aberdeen player. So it's like even yeah, we, we things like that yeah, when they're getting we we've we've not had that for the best part of months. And just he tries to take it with his right, he tries to take it with his left, he tries to take it with his knee, he tries to take it with his head, he just doesn't know what to do. And ironically, that goal, if he'd scored it, is almost identical to every goal Cochrane has scored for Yes, posting in at the back post. <laughs> yeah. He does. Yeah. And Talbot, just... Dundee United. Yeah. Motherwell. Was it Motherwell or Livingston at home? One of Livingston those at two. Home Livingston at home, aye. Um, it's just, it is that moment, like Mackay's last week, where it's like, this is a club who's not, nothing's going right for them just now. Everybody goes through it at various stages and we're currently just in it just now. And you have to almost just sit and laugh and be like, right, we, there's nothing we can do about that. Like, that's not tactical. That's not Robin Nielsen shiting it in a game. That's, yeah, that's just a player having a nightmare. That's that's what I was going to come on to. Because, look, Lord knows... Everybody knows that listens to this podcast on a regular basis. Shock horror. I'm not the biggest Robbie Nielsen fan, but not even I can blame him when players are missing such sitters. We'll get to another one later, which is not uh, as bad a sitter. From a, from a player he signed. But you could argue it's as bad a sitter. I want to see what you'd say, because I wanted this player for time. You could argue it is as big a sitter because it's a striker in that position who should I, know how I to think, do it. I think it's as bad. I think it's as bad. 
And I didn't I, want to I say that because I get accused of Cochrane no, bias. No, I love Shanklin to fits. I'm I'm a, a, a Lauren Shanklin stan, but that's that's a bad chance. But in saying that, I mean, talking about the rest of the first half, Alex Cochrane might have missed that sitter. No, no more than three minutes later, he's looking to set up the man that we've just spoken about, Lauren Shanklin. Does really well to persist, evades a couple red jerseys, pulls it back to the number nine, albeit it's on his left side, but into the side netting, not great. Humphreys and Snodgrass would then both try their luck. Kellarus denies the latter after the former shot was blocked. Um, but in added time, there was two, two big chances either end. Craig Gordon makes a superb save to deny Duke as Aberdeen pass up without question their best opportunity the first half. Snodgrass and Civic both slack in possession. Miofsky slides him in, should have been punished there. And we could have punished Aberdeen when Kellerus saves from Shankland, who looks to lob the Dutch keeper. Smart save. Why would you try and, and lob a six foot five guy? But do you know what? Do you know what annoys me more about that is the fact that Kellerus was adamant that it was a goal kick. I, re- you, I said this You've on got Twitter. a touch on it. Everybody can see clear as day that you've got a touch on that. So come I on. I really like Kellerus. I really no, no, like I him. He's no, he's good. I know, right? He's good, but I've, I don't like him. I've said this all the time. My favourite players in the world are goalkeepers and defenders, right? That's who I like. I don't care about strikers and no, attacking players, me. stuff like that, right? I like defenders and goalkeepers. He's class. He's really energetic. He's really athletic. He's tall. He's got massive hands. He saves with his he's feet a, a lot. Massive upgrade on Joe Lewis for me. It's it's huge, and it was just I was sat there at half time going. For God's sake, why are we playing him? I just want to sit here and go, I can appreciate how good his performance is. Because I was going, oh, he's really good. For God's sake, why? Why are you really good? The Aberdeen player that I, I really like is the boy Duke. I think he's a bit raw, but I think he's good. He's a unit-like. Oh, he's, not, he's not even particularly big. He's no, he's not wee, tall. He's a wee stocky fella. Yeah, I rate him. How he... A wee battering ram. But anyway, yeah. speaking of battering rams, Stephen Humphreys looked around Kellerus after Anthony Stewart's misjudgment in the second half. Did you think that was a pen? Because nah. I didn't. No, nah. that's fine. Just wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Craig Gordon then saved from Duke on the angle after he receives from Mayofsky once more. Uh, Ross McCrory goes on a mazy run, looks to centre for Mayofsky, but both he and Duke are sliding in. Neither can convert. Um but just after the hour mark, we'll talk about the Lauren Shanklin chance. Comes Hart's best opportunity of the second half by, by some distance. Probably our only opportunity of the second half, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Cochran slipped down the left by Barry Mackay. Centres for Shanklin once again, as Cochran and Shanklin just pass up numerous good chances. Uh, but Shanklin looks to sort of open up the body, just as Stephen Humphreys did against Fiorentina and slam home, but instead it just trickles wide. Yeah. Because that's what I mean. Like, that should be 2-0, and that should be the game. Goals goals change games, mate. Yeah. We've, we've, we've learnt this lesson in the past week, two weeks. 25 years. <laughs> My dad would argue... 57 years. Yeah, exactly. 1874. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Don't you just simultaneously love and hate hearts? I love, I never hate hearts. I love it's, them. It's a love-hate thing. I love them, but they fucking hate me. No, you hate them most of the times. They even pretend. There's glimmers of love, 
and then you just spend most of your time. No, there are clubs I love. Usually, yeah, who am I kidding? I, I should talk to this club more than anyone yeah. else. But just, I don't even really they want to speak about their goals, right? They just they make it so hard sometimes. Their goals How were just, they... their goals were emblematic of a team who are in a rut. We don't take our chances. They have two very easy ones. Lewis Nielsen's probably at fault for both. My God, the second one. Let's the see, second one's talk. really bad. The second one's dreadful. That's yeah. the worst goal I've I've seen us concede in a good while. Of course, I just like, think it perfectly sums us up. The now, do, do you know what the first one? I can appreciate the boy Ramadani's pass that slipped. It's a kick. good ball. It's a really Great good ball. ball. Great ball. Decent touch. Yeah. Nice finish under Gordon. I've got no no complaints about that at all. But the second one, Jesus Christ! And that's what I mean, like. Obviously, because Hart and Midlothian lost a game, so therefore the Nielsen out chat started on Twitter, which I'm just, I'm very much just but over now. in fairness, look, I, I I wasn't screaming Nielsen out after Sunday, but everybody has got a right when they look at the stats with regards to 4-21. and 21. And I know that you're going to isolate and say, in that time we played Fiorentina, Istanbul. That's not what I was going to say. That. I was going to oh, say, okay. I still don't think... It, but I still don't it's think exceptional circumstances. Yeah, to... I still don't think the result on Sunday means suddenly it's okay to see Nielsen out. Personally, I don't because of no, the exceptional circumstances. Been piping up for a while as yeah, well. I know. Um, I think criticism is valid. Criticism yes. is absolutely valid because what's the point in just sitting going, no, you can't criticize him. But you need to look at context. Everybody's seen the graphic where we're a goalkeeper injury away from a full squad <laughs> out, like. And it's not just like, because a lot of people have been, I've seen a lot of people say it's similar to Levine and McPhee's tenure where we had all those players. But that was like 85-year-old Stephen McLean and Machino was out. This is like our two starting centre-halves. A bunch of project players that are coming to develop. Our our two starting centre-halves, two starting midfielders and best attacker are all out. (laughs) Like, that's... It's almost impossible to do much there when you then are playing the old firm multiple times, European games, playing every three days. So criticism, fully, fully justified. But also that goal, I'd, like that's just terrible. It's not, we, that's not Nielsen's fault. We, we actually had a, a chat about this in my class today and we were talking about, talking about like our growth and how they've tailed off from the championship last year. When you look at it, they obviously lost Joel Newbley, Jack yeah. Hamilton. Isn't their average squadage 32? James Cragen. Like, all it takes is a couple of bodies for a Scottish squad. Yeah. St. Johnston were exactly the same from the double team. Mm-hmm. All they lost was Jason Kerr and Ali McCann. And then we went to Patel. Exactly the same. Yeah. Kelly finished third under Steve Clark. They lost the likes of Jordan Jones signing his pre contract with Rangers. Stephen O'Donnell opted to go elsewhere. Greg Stewart didn't sign on. Yusuf Malumbu moved on to Celtic. Yeah. You could make so many examples for Scottish sides that lose a couple key players and they're nowhere near the levels that they were prior. We went to Petodre on Sunday with a third string defence. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you've, got, you've got two left backs playing in a back three. No, sorry. You've got, yeah, you've got Cochran Yeah, we started, and, we started yeah, with two left backs in a back three. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get it. That was not good enough on Sunday, but like I kind of have to go. I, I just feel for Nielsen. Like 
what is he meant to do in this current situation? I want to speak about hiring because that's like because I just think that was horrifically mismanaged. Yeah, that was poor. That was and, that was really bad. When you you know that the signs are bad when everybody surrounding him is just instantly yeah. flagging to get there. I, I just I don't understand why he was asked to stand. I don't understand why he was asked to walk. I don't understand why, as soon as he starts standing and walking with his hands behind his head, trying to keep his neck centered, it immediately was okay. Stop. Go back down. He couldn't walk straight. He had no, no idea. Pleased to see Robbie say that he seemed to be okay afterwards and that they'll take all the necessary concussion protocols. But that was scary. He said Nielsen when he was asked when yeah he's back awake, which was like wait. What like yeah, so they've been mean... sleeping the entire time that yeah. they were trying to like resuscitate or whatever. Like, I think that was horrifically mis- mismanaged there. I'm not a doctor, I don't know, but as <laughs> Medic Bo- MacIver, yeah, out he comes. as Borthwick and Laurie were saying on commentary, it's mental that he was asked to walk, he, he attempted to walk. Medic MacIver would be a good title. I was thinking Baby Steps prior to that, but Medic MacIver. I like Baby going. Steps though. Baby <laughs> Steps is good because that winds some people up. Yeah, yeah. let's let's go with that. Um, speaking of winding people up, the second goal, man. Yeah, my god, bad. it actually gets worse every time I watch it. Substitute Vicente Bazawin comes off the bench to effectively seal the deal, but Duke's up against Lewis Nielsen inside his own half, seemingly carrying an injury. Puts the afterburners on to escape Lewis. No, he Nielsen. doesn't. No, he doesn't. He just walks. Well, he just well, kind of well, walks. Well, no, it must be sprinting because Lewis Nielsen is jogging at best. So how how he's not caught up with him, I don't know. Then there's hundreds of space for Bazarin to just roam into because we're at sixes and sevens defensively. Nobody's covering the left flank. He's got all the time in the world. It's actually as though... The time just slowed down. I felt like I was watching the goal in slow motion. And ever since, I've watched it countless times back. It seems like I'm watching it in slow motion. I feel like I'm wasting years of my life watching this just a couple of times. Because I always got all the time in the world to just slam home. It's just... And then that's it. Two zip, bang, game's a bogey. As I say, it's just a goal that is like emblematic of where we are just now. Just, we need to hulk it back. We need rolls back. You need everybody, but I want you to raise some... all I want is a bag of cans and a settled back four. I want you to raise a, a slight point that we haven't really spoken about, and we haven't really spoken about it for weeks now. Has Barry Mackay played well since Liam Boyce got hurt? Has Barry Mackay played well since he equaled last season's goal tally and there was talk of a Scotland call up? That's what I'm saying. That's when Boyce was fit. No, is the answer Liam Boyce, and it's I'm, I'm slightly smug. Right? I didn't want to be proven right about this, but there is a part of me that's smug about this. Just so, so you know, I wasn't challenging you with the No, you, I know boys. you Saturday boys is a fantastic player. Yeah, but certain sections of the fan base were like, Boyce is done, he's not good enough. Boyce is shite, he never scores anymore. Yeah, and what has been like, there's two obvious things for Hearts fans. One is that we need Halkett and Rolls back, as I just said it has. The other thing is, is that Boyce's role, as a lot of people rightly said, was so much more than scoring goals. He became a number 10 to allow link up, which meant Barry Mackay was able to just do whatever he wanted and do magical wee things. But now Barry Mackay has to do the link up, which he isn't as good at, which means he isn't in a position anymore to do the little passes, 
which really exposes the side of his game. To contribute with... not in the same way that he did previously. And... Yeah. Do you know what? I'd love to see Benny Beringa me back as well because we need legs. Yeah, we need him as well. So leggy in the middle of the park, so lethargic, so pedestrian. Oh. oh. Right. Fuck Celtic at the weekend because we're going well, to get ta- Well, time is marching on. I was going to say yeah. that's all she wrote of Tawdry. Just a small matter of the reigning champions at Tynecastle this weekend, McIver. Um, a much better Celtic team than the one that we beat last July, uh, our last win against the old hoops, uh, fixtures don't get any easier. That's all I was going to say. It'll be a cricket score and we just need to move on. I can't, can't say I'm looking forward to that. Uh, no matter, let's move on to the quiz. Right. It's the for, best bloody segment. For those listening and watching, Adam made it very clear to me earlier today that these quiz questions were done at short notice and I'm operating off just under three hours of sleep. So this is going to be the worst quiz we've ever done. That's fine, mate. In fairness, if anybody gets five out of five within this quiz, I'll be astonished. Imagine Inclu- if this is the week it happens. If this is the week that it happens, I'll be <laughs> It won't. Right, here we go. First question is your right. true or false. So we've got a true or false, we've got a multiple choice, got who am I? Yeah. Right. True or false? Heart and Midlothian have won more Scottish top-tier titles then Fiorentina have won Italian top-tier titles. True. I like the confidence, and the confidence has paid off because it is true. Hearts have been champions of Scotland four times, Fiorentina champions of Italy just twice. I thought it was going to be two, and in my head I was like, have we won more than two leagues? Oh, there you go. Uh, Good start. This is not that's it. Well. The end, that's it, lads. It's one out of five. It'll be five one like the Fiorentina score. (laughs) (laughs) Second question is your multiple choice. Right. In which minute did Gary McKay Stephen open the scoring in last season's 2 1 victory at Tynecastle, which saw Hearts beat Celtic in the season opener? Was it A, 5, B, 6, C, 7, or D, 8? I think it was 5 or 6, because I think it was really early. I'm trying to think, though. I feel it was like 5.30, which would be the sixth minute. Or do you count that as the fifth minute? No, if well, it, I'm looking at what it appeared as on the thingies, on the so score if, sheets right. or whatever. So, so I'm that, assuming that it goes from 5 to 5.30 being the fifth, and from 5.30 to 6. No, see, I six. thought if it's 5.01, that's the sixth minute, because 0 to 59 is the first minute. No, this is getting technical. So if I think this it's five... Like, this is like the whole minutes of applause thing. I think five plus would be six, the sixth minute. Okay. So I'm going that he scored in five something, which is the sixth minute. Well, you're wrong anyway, because the answer was D, the eighth minute. I thought was it? Was, it? I th- yeah, I thought it was earlier than that as well. I thought it was much earlier than that. I thought I'd catch you with that, so that's Wow. Good. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I felt like it was five or six as well, but I thought it was like three in my head. I was expecting three to be an option. I was like, I'll go with that, but not according to it, not according to the research I did earlier. So that's great. Uh, right, this is the question that I'm really mortified about. Okay, Aberdeen have played at Pataudry since their inception, but Pataudry is said to be the first football stadium which was home to what? What does that mean? 
I don't even understand the question. So, <laughs> what? I genuinely don't even understand what that means. So, like, you know how Hibs brag about Easter Road and the floodlights? Oh, so Petodre was the first football stadium in Scotland to have something. Yes, yes. Seats? Close. Oh, I don't care what that means. <laughs> I'm good. I'll go with seats, even though it's not right. Because I don't care what close to seats means. It, it, it was a dugout. It was a dugout. Oh, that was, okay. That seats is. Do you know what? I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. They, I appreciate they, they that. They sit. They sit in the dugout. Yeah, they sit. So, in the... Yeah. Pitodry was the first stadium in the dugout. Yeah. I was wow. surprised when I saw that because I was getting Aberdeen questions because I thought that. They went over them was just, or rather, they went over us was really annoying. Um, <laughs> and none more so than when Vicente Vizawin sealed the deal from the bench for Aberdeen on Sunday. From the dugout. He came from the dugout that they had. <laughs> he got up off his seat in the dugout <laughs> and decided to join the action. The 21 year old winger represented the Netherlands at youth level. But in which South American country was he born? And I've even narrowed down the question for you Paraguay. Columbia. Right. right. Who am I? Uh, right. that, was a, that was comfortably the worst quiz of all time. So I've got two out of four. I'm happy with you, that. You did I'll well. Take that. You did you did well, given that the questions were shite. You did well. But <laughs> this is this is the main one. This is the big daddy. This is the creme de la creme of the Perth Puzzle. As club. I say, less than three hours sleep, so my brain is not... I can only think of Kevin McKenna. He's the only person that's in my Imagine head. this was the week I I know. <laughs> right. I only played lower league football in my country before moving to the Greek Super League and then on to Edinburgh with HMFC. I netted three goals in my first two league appearances for the Jambos and the Hearts manager at the time when I was playing for the club blamed a red card that I picked up for not handling the rough and tumble of Scottish football. I left the men in maroon, evidently not fancied by a different manager than the one that had signed me, and I only went on to play in Japan. Who am I? Oh, I had a dance in my head up until that point. Right. I'm to get this man's Wikipedia up, because yeah. I know that you're going to ask questions. I know However, my two questions. What was, uh, what was the bloke that was in your head? Who... I was going to say, up until the two managers thing, I was going mm -hmm. to say Cholice. Oh, okay. Because I remember him scoring that goal against Motherwell very early on. Was it Motherwell? The volley for the edge of the box. Uh... I don't think it was Motherwell. Ah, no, did we not win it for Park? Was I it Motherwell? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Right, I, so. I remember that goal, and in my head I'm like, did he score another one? And I seem to remember him getting a red card, but then when you said the manager, I don't think he played under multiple managers for us. Right, I know my two questions. One, I would I would like to know what year he signed in. Okay. He signed in 2015. Oh, it could be least He signed around then. Right. And, oh, no, now I don't. <laughs> you better think very carefully with this question. Because I don't know if I want to ask the clubs, because I don't know where Trulis ever played. So I don't know if it's a waste of a question. <gasps> right. I'm really narrowing it down on Cholice. So I'm going to ask a really specific oh, question. Oh, I like that from you. That I need, that if you don't know the answer to this, I've wasted the question. Okay. Did he have, did Hearts fans on YouTube make a song to the tune of Jolene? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 
Because Trulies had a song. It's a Dolly Parton's Julie. Where somebody went Trulies, 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 Trulies. I've never even heard of this song. Right. Does that, I've never does even that heard of this song, but this, this, folk, this folk did not have said so. So that's my question done. Right. Do you want me to read the clues again? Yeah, please. I only played lower league football in my country before moving to the Greek Super League and then on to Edinburgh with HMFC. I netted three goals in my first two league appearances for the Jambos and the Hearts manager at the time when I was playing for the club blamed a red card that I picked up for not handling the rough and tumble of Scottish football. I left the men in Maroon evidently not fancied by a different manager than the one that had signed me and I only went on to play in Japan. Who am I? I fucked it. What a waste of time. Trulis was Greek. So if he I didn't only, wonder why you were going he, down that route. If he only played lower league in his nation... Listen to the question. He, how could he play in the Greek Super League? Right. Three goals in open two games. By, um, when I said he signed in 2015, yes. do you, is that the year or the season? Do you mean he signed 15-16 or he signed in 2015? He signed in the summer of 2015. Right, okay. Ahead of the 15 16. Right, season. so that season, we signed June, we signed Juanma, we signed no one else that I can fucking remember. And I'm going to I'm I'm going to give my answer just now and then explain before you jump in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Juanma purely because I can remember him scoring against St Johnston. I can remember him getting sent off and Nielsen left and I think he was there under... Well, Cathro came in, but it was under Levine. Tempera- no, was it? No, um, Thingy. I can't even mind his name now. Um, he used to play for Rangers. It was He was our caretaker. John Daly. John Daly was our caretaker. <laughs> And I don't think he fancied that. And like, I'm going to go with Juanma. Is it Juanma? Daniel McIver. It's not Juanma. Miraculously, it's not. you've got the right answer. Well done, Juanma Delgado. Good knowledge. Now, I will say, I was a big fan of Juanma. So I liked Juanma. He, he has a one in two goal record for us. A goal contribution for us. It's not bad. I don't think he has one and two goals, oh, but in terms of if you add assists, I heard a story a- about According him. to Wikipedia, it's a one in three. Just better than a one in three. He's got 12 and 33. I don't think that's... I think he then got seven assists as well. I think he got a fair few... I'm going to check right now what he got. Oh, are you going to check London Hearts or something? No, I'm going to check the only thing I use, transfer market, okay. which is quite good. That, stuff thanks, like thanks, London Hearts, for your continued backing. Really appreciate it. McIver doesn't even bother with your Right, Juanma got 13 goals for us and 6 assists in 43 games. So 19 goal contributions in 43 games. Yeah, not bad. That's not bad at all. I would take that. Considering he was offside half the time. He lived offside. really not bad. Don't we know it? He got 14 red uh, yellow cards and 1 red. Which was against St Johnston in a nil-nil draw Uh... at McDermott Park. And Robbie Nielsen afterwards came out and said that he couldn't handle, or, yeah, for not handling the rough and tumble. Asteras Tripolis was his yeah. Greek team. 
and Caloni, who we signed him from. Ah, okay. Wow. So I'm chuffed and, with that. And he's and he's still playing in Japan. So well done, mate. Good. I'm buzzing with that. Yeah, you did very well there. Heard that there was a rumor that I heard about Weimar that somebody in, went up to Stevie Crawford in a chippy. I was like, why did Weimar not play properly? Because anyway, he was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how true that is, but I liked Weimar and I miss him. Anybody got any obscure Wanma stories? Because uh, one of my pals bumped into him in Ikea, as, nice. as you tend to do. I really vividly remember that St Johnston game because it was the summer before I went to uni and I had been up until like four in the morning the night before, woke up because it was an early kickoff and it was on TV, missed like 70 minutes, turned on as Wanma was scoring. And I was like, well, the new signing's good. <laughs> oh, that. sorry. You mean in the four three? Yeah, the four three. That was one of my dad's only first goal scorer bets to have ever landed for Hearts. He really? and I celebrated as though we would just won the league. <laughs> it was scenes. Brad Mackay slipped on his arse, and then the new boy was in, and lo and behold, tucks it away. What Very a crazy nice. game that was! That, that was, was that was a great season. See, for folk who like Nielsen's boring four three first game back in the league. <laughs> That's what you want. I know. We tried our very best to piss that away as well. Yeah, we it's good. Yeah. But I'm buzzing with that. That's me going yeah, well, five. Mate. It's five one. What a way to bring this background to the Fiorentina oh, game. Allegedly. We'll need to go back and try. I think it is. I think I it's think, five. I think, one. I think you might be right. But I really hope you're right. Right. I think we should retire. Oh, fucking spewing with that. I think we should you retire even the, who up the questions. I know. And literally all the questions were wrong. And I got it but, wrong. Well, no, in saying that, the when when did he sign was a good question. Yeah, true. Because then you heart back to that that window. I can only remember Juan Manjum as signings. Juan Manjum. Igor Rossi. Oh, Igor Rossi. How could I forget? I miss him. Uh Kingsley was the only time we've replaced Igor Rossi. It was like five years where we hadn't replaced him. 15, 16. Is that, that what we said? Lenny Sower. As well, right? <gasps> yes, it was. It was Oshinawa. Sower was the season after. Yeah. yeah. Christ. What a laugh. What an up and down transfer yeah. window that is. Miguel Pajardo was in the championship. Yeah, Pajardo was in championship. I was there at that Alloa game, the coldest <laughs> I've ever been at a game where they scored that raker. But yeah, Rossi, Rossi, Juanma. Rossi Wineman Jum, that's a good window. The boy Augustine at the back as well. I liked Augustine. Augustine. He wasn't he wasn't as good as Rossi, but I thought Augustine was all right. We've gone into our revenue. That when Perry Kitchen signed. No, I think he was a year later. No, I think I think you may be right. Was that another January? Because the season in the States was done. Oh, maybe. You might be right. Who knows? Did Cathro sing Kitchen? I can't can't mind. Anyway, that, that, that could be a who am I in, in yes, upcoming, in exactly. upcoming weeks. Well, we hope you have enjoyed me getting even on like nay sleep, still getting Juanma. Need to up your levels. Sick. Very similar levels of difficulty between Screpis last week and yeah. my Delgado. <laughs> I, I think that. I mean, Screpis was by far the hardest who am I anyone's ever done, and will we'll ever do. <laughs> I, I, I need an easier one next week, please. please you'll get an easier one. I know who you're getting next week, so you'll get an oh, easier one good. next week. That's right. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. It's much appreciated. If you're watching this on YouTube, please leave a like, subscribe, and comment. We're on all the social media at Pert Paisley. We're also got email, Pert Paisley at gmail.com. Adam, where can they get you on social media? 
Uh, you can find my public apology to Keir McIver uh, on all the socials <laughs> at Adam T. Kendall. And what about yourself, mate? That's actually, as I've been doing the outro there, I've just reminded myself, apologies last week for the YouTube issue. The internet That's just went right. down in my house. So, it's all right, mate. It's fine. It's not like you have countless people waiting on yeah. a podcast. It's, yeah. it's okay. I got a few angry messages. But hopefully... This week, all and not, from, not from me, Kennedy. Starts. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, this week we're fine. We're in business. We should be all right. But we'll be back next week to discuss all the fallout from the inevitable battle against Celtic. Preview the upcoming double header again that we've got. And anything, yeah, the double R's. Anything else as well. So until then, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Morning, JTs.